Bet365 sponsors our podcast and they feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. The domestic season may be over, but we still have the closing stages of the Champions League and the Europa League to play. And Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and much more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello, welcome back to 1874 on The Athletic, the podcast that brings you the definitive word on Aston Villa Football Club every single week. I'm joined, as ever, by The Athletic's Aston Villa writer, Greg Evans, and I say actually that we do the podcast every single week, but we didn't do it last week. Did you have a good week off, mate? I did, thanks, Daniel. I'm, I'm almost starting to miss you, so it's good to be back. But yeah, the sun was shining, played a bit of golf, went down to Cornwall, just relaxed with the family. And nice. Stuff. It was nice, actually. I just needed that break because going into... Going into the restart, like literally every game was so crucial for Villa, wasn't it? And there was just so much riding on every single game. Just felt like the last couple of months previous to uh, previous to the end of the season were really busy. So yeah, good to get a break, but um, all back in action now. And the players really haven't had much of a break at all, have they? A couple of weeks off. I've seen a few of them on on the Holly Bobs, notably Jack Grealish. Lucky was having a good time as he always does when he goes away. But it's, it's going to be weird for them, isn't it? Because they've only just finished, and then they're, they're straight back again, aren't they? Yeah, real strange, really strange turnaround. Um, I was almost starting to feel sorry for them when I thought they've only got three weeks holiday. But then I realised that they were football players and they've got the best job in the world. So uh, no, no feeling sorry for football players from me. But yeah, I mean, look, three weeks. Everybody does need the break. I think it's just a good time for players to just take a bit of a me- mental break as well. And, and the, those Villa players certainly would have needed it because, you know, as I just said, it was very it was a very busy period after the restart. And, and when you're obviously in the thick of the action and, and under pressure to get results, that can obviously take its toll as well. So um, Villa were celebrating, obviously, at the end of the season, but um, it, it's been good for them to have a little bit of downtime and... You know, just shake off maybe some of those bumps and bruises that they might have been nursing, and uh, and just clear the heads. Uh, you know, I, I read something from from um, Andros Townsend uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he said that he loves to visit McDonald's and KFC, doesn't he? When uh, yeah. as soon as as soon as the season finishes, so you know, Villa players will have will have had a little bit of downtime, and I suppose the diets will be relaxed a bit. There'll be a bit more alcohol consumed than usual, um, but they're straight back at it now already. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was a footballer, I can think of better ways to spend my time than McDonald's or KFC, <laughs> but each to their own, I suppose. I've spoke to someone at the club and he was saying that like he just, just switches off for, for the time off, doesn't like to think about football at all, just, just likes to switch off, have two weeks off. What do you think you'd be like as a footballer? Would you, would you still be thinking about it all and everything that's coming or would you be like, I imagine you would be like that, you'd just completely switch off and not think about football at all and play loads of golf? Yeah, <laughs> to, to a T. Oh, no pun intended. Um, but yeah, that's probably what I'd do. I'd, I'd just switch off. I mean, I think I think you've got to watch your fitness a little bit, haven't you? You've got to still get your runs in and, and make sure that you sort of don't overindulge on, on junk food and, and alcohol. But 
look, you know, it's it's good for the body to have a little bit of a break. It's also good for the mind. Um, and yeah, I'd be trying to lower my handicap as much as possible, which which actually I've been doing anyway. My golf's been improving massively over the last few weeks. That's good. That's good for you, Greg. Really, really, really pleased for you. I've got absolutely no interest in golf <laughs> whatsoever. So I've got nothing I can offer to this conversation. So we'll move <laughs> swiftly on with that. As I was saying before, it's a bit of a weird one coming back and it's not been that long ago since they applied football. How grueling will the, will the pre-season be now on the, on the basis that it is such a short space of time until we go again, but also it has been such a short space of time since they are actually playing compared to a normal pre-season? Yeah, it's an interesting one, actually. It's probably, you know, I'm trying to get hold of a uh, of, of a fitness coach, really, just to, to, to go through some some details with him and, and, and just talk about what this pre-season will look like because... It's a very unique one, isn't it? You know, the, the players have only... It feels like they've only just finished, really. The, the, the will, there will never be a pre-season as short as this. Um, sorry, a break as short as this leading up into pre-season. Um, so I don't think it will be quite as intense as, as some of the other sessions, as some of the other seasons have been. But it will be a period where they obviously need to get those yards in the legs early on to set them in good stead for the season ahead. And it might just be more of a chance for, for Dean Smith and, and his coaching team just to get some some tactical instructions into them because there wasn't really much actual tactical training that they could do during, during the, um, uh, the restart period because it was all about games preparing and then recovering there was no real yeah, time sure. to actually train so yeah of course there's going to be your basic fitness drills to get the players back up to speed in the first couple of days um but then i think Dean Smith will like to start working on different things and maybe having a couple of plan plan b's or c's up his sleeve um for the season ahead i mean yeah the excitement's starting to build a little bit now the villa players have been back in this week the pictures have, have started to emerge on social media of the, of the players training or, or doing their tests that they do before the full pre-season starts what do Villa need because at the moment we haven't signed anyone and and I'm not panicking because I look around the clubs in the Premier League and I think well no one's really done much business at all a few of the big clubs have made made some big boys but do you know what I mean there's not much going on Villa seem to be at the same kind of of status say a Wolves whose season's actually already finished but an Everton but like teams like that no no one's really done any business is there a need for Villa to move quickly Greg? I think the manager would like to, to get the players in quickly just so that he knows what he's got to work with um, and then can, you know, start getting his ways and methods into them. Obviously, you know, any manager across the country will, will say the same. I think we're just in a difficult market at the moment, we're just coming out of the, you know, the coronavirus crisis, which we, which we could still... Um, could still have impact on clubs because we don't know definitely when fans are returning to to the stadium. So you know, there's a real financial issue um, with clubs up up and down the country. We've seen that in in League One and League Two now, where the salary cap's been introduced. And okay, the Premier League and the Championship are in a much healthier position, but they still have to plan accordingly. And I just I just don't think the transfer market will get moving until a few weeks' time. Really, yeah, it's Ian Taylor didn't he tweeted pretty much what I was thinking, you know, the, the domino effect. And, and, and it certainly yeah. is It certainly is that. You wait for a couple of big moves to go through and then that fires other clubs into action. I don't think Villa are panicking at the moment. I, I know that they've got a list of targets that, that they're working that they're working through and, and various areas that they feel they need to strengthen. Um, the, the attacking areas are obviously the priorities at the moment. Ollie Watkins is a player of... I've spoken uh, about previously and written about, you know, he's still somebody they're trying to get in. 
Um, they, they negotiated with Brentford last summer, uh, but weren't prepared to pay the £10 million that, that they were asking for back then. Um, it's going to cost at least double that now. So, um, you know, Villa needs to make a decision whether they want to spend that money on him or not. You know, if I was a betting man, I think that they would get that deal done. I think that it's something that, that Dean Smith certainly wants. Um, but let's wait and see. Obviously, Watkins can play out on the uh, out on the wing as well as down the middle. So that gives Villa another option up front. But I think they might also look to go to get another striker in as well. Uh, obviously, Mbwama Samata and, and Keenan Davis didn't really do it uh, the back end of last season. And, and the shortage of goals was a real issue. So they want to address that this summer. And if, if they can get another, another, another striker in for the right money, um, I think that's something they'll look at. I've also written a piece about the goalkeepers uh, this morning, and um, you know, just explaining where Villa are at. You know, in in that regard, I think that a reshuffle is is needed in 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 the goalkeeping department. Feels very much like Orion Nyland and and Lovra Kalinic have had their chance now at Villa, and and will be moved on if if Villa can find um, a tried and trusted understudy or you know competitor for for Tom Heaton we still don't know whether Heaton will be available for the start of the season so it's in Villa's interest to get another goalkeeper in um you know they think very highly of Jed Steer and believe that he can uh, act as a you know value um, a reliable sort of understudy or backup but because of Heaton's injury you know really serious injury a really serious knee injury at the age of 34 they just want to make sure they give him enough time to recover fully uh, yeah. and reduce the reduce the chances of setbacks really because when you suffer an ACL injury the worry always is what will happen when you return you know that's obviously a concern but there are a couple of targets under consideration for Villa which I've explained fully in my in my story that Villa would ideally like to get Premier League experience um, a couple of targets that that, that they're looking at, but um, also some on the continent as well. You know, it just, it's just all about the right money, really. If, if if they can get a goalkeeper in, it doesn't necessarily break the bank. Um, you know, those funds will be made available. I can't see them spending any more than ten million. The, the links to Aaron Ramsdale at, at uh, Bournemouth were wide off the mark, as, as far as as far as I understand. I, I don't think Villa sure. were, uh, were were seriously in for him. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's a bit of a it must feel like a bit of a frustrating time for fans at the moment because some of the some of the rumours I'm reading that are just ridiculous, aren't they? And it's like yeah, you know, we're in silly season, aren't we? And it's like it, it it seems to be getting worse these transfer windows with the you know with the stories that emerge. But let's see what happens. It's 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 a it's a difficult one because Villa still haven't signed a player, and obviously fans are all are desperate to just get excited again, aren't they? Yeah, it's interesting you talk about that domino effect and Ian Taylor's tweet. Like, literally, as Villa are going back for season 20, 21 pre season training, there's still season 19, 20 games going on for, for some teams. So, <laughs> the domino effect's going to be even later starting. And it is, it is a larger transfer window in terms of duration this time. But I always like the team to be settled for kickoff on the first game. But it's very few teams are, are going to be fortunate enough to be in that position because of the landscape and the way of the world. And, and on the goalkeepers, Jed Steer's got injury problems as well. He he's very rarely gone a season without picking up a bad injury, as well. So if Neyland and Kalinic are to go, Villa definitely do need a goalkeeper. But ten million, if that's around the budget for a goalkeeper, it doesn't get you very much. Ten million, as we found out with getting a collection of players at that kind of price range last season, it it just doesn't get you much, does it, Greg? So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But I I think they do need a goalkeeper. 
they definitely need a keeper if, if they're going to, um, you know, because it, as I say, it feels like Neyland and, and Kalinic have had their chance and haven't really shown the consistency levels that, that, that are needed in the Premier League or, you know, or to compete in the Premier League team. So Villa's other option, really, if, if they don't, if they don't find um, a goalkeeper for the for the right money, is to is to look at another loan, you know, to maybe cover, to maybe cover for for, for heating for a short period, um, and 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 then use use Jed Steer if if needed as well. So that's also an option that they consider, but uh, that they could consider. So it, I think th- there's just a lot of plates spinning at the moment. I think they need to decide where their priorities are, um, how much they're really going to need to be spending to get attacking players in and then if there's a little bit of money free then yeah, they might go for a permanent deal with the goalkeeper Pardon the pun but obviously Villa have had a, a close shave there so I'm, I'm obliged to, to bring in our sponsors at, at this point Harry's now I got sent a kit the other day, Greg, it's from Harry's. It's a really, really smart bit of kit. I mean, I'm not much of a much of a like wet shaver usually, to be fair, but I'm definitely going to have a tryout of this Harry's stuff because it looks really good. I don't know whether you've you've seen it yourself or not, but if you haven't, you should, you should get yourself a, a trial set sent through, like like I have. You've got yourself a trial set. Well, where's mine? I haven't got mine. I don't, well, have, have you, you got repl- a freebie? Yeah, yeah. If you reply to the uh, the athletic higher ups emails, Greg, you'll get you'll get sent a, <laughs> sent a freebie because that's all oh, I did. Oh. I must, have missed special. The email. <laughs> I must have missed the email. <laughs> My granddad's been banging on about one of these for a while, so I do as actually a, need to get him go. one. There you go. You can you can get him that if you reply to your emails, mate. So yeah, as a, as a listener of this podcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today as well by claiming your free trial set that Greg Evans himself hasn't yet done. It's three pound ninety five, and you can support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover. All you got to do is go to harrys.com slash villapod right now. You can go and do that. That's harrys.com villapod, and yeah, that's that's the ad read sorted out. <laughs> Do you think Rainer was ever under consideration to come back, or do you just think that that was a one-time thing? He's been there for half the season, and, and that's his race run for Villa. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hundred percent sure whether they ever had um, you know conversation to bring him back, but it just felt very much like at the end of the season when I think he went out for for dinner with Dean Smith before the um, before the final game of the season, and then just the way he was speaking after um, after they stayed up, it just very much felt very much like that was the end for him uh, I mean you know it could still change but I, I certainly don't expect him to be coming back if it does it would be a bit of a surprise um, obviously he's getting towards the, the end of his career now isn't he and um, not quite the same keeper as he was previously and I think that showed in some of his performances so Villa are probably looking for a slightly younger goalkeeper who they can keep for a little bit longer now and and um, and be a part of the squad for, for longer rather than just a stopgap. I've wrote a list here of what positions I think we could potentially make a move for. I don't think the squad size is necessarily a problem at Villa at the moment. I just think it's t- in terms of quality, they could do with offloading a few fringe players and getting some better quality in. And then players that have started a fair few games, they then naturally become more, more of a fringe player. So we've gone over goalkeeper. I think we'll look to bring in a fullback, whether it's a left back or a right back. I'm not too sure. There's an argument that we need another centre back. Central midfielder, I think we could maybe move one on and get another one in. That winger striker that seems to be to be Watkins, he seems to be the man there. And then an out-and-out goal scorer, which is something we didn't have at the club at all last season. So I make that a maximum of six players <laughs> that position. I think. Will be. No, no, be six players, isn't it? Last season we had to bring in 11, 12 players, didn't we? But this season I think it's about getting more quality in, distributing that money a, a bit more savvily and getting in, getting in six players. 
even then, six players feels a lot as well. You, there is a danger of doing too much, but I think I think six maximum. I don't know where you're, what your thinking is with that. I just don't, I don't think they'll do six. I think that oh, might yeah. be a bit too much. Um, I, I, can't, I, I can't see six coming in, no. I, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe two, maybe four. I'd say four and maybe two younger players. I don't know, but I, I couldn't see. I don't think six. I think, I think the midfield areas are relatively strong. Um, I don't see much need for manoeuvre there. Obviously, if they could move on, say, a Lansbury or an Acambra and bring in a stronger midfielder, that would make sense. Um, yeah. But I just feel like with, you know, and, and obviously you've got the Jack Grealish issue, if he does end up going, then that, you know, it's a whole different story, isn't it? You know, you seriously need to look at, at replacing them. But I just think the central midfield areas are, are relatively strong. I don't think that's a, an issue. I think, as I say, Watkins would tick two boxes because he can play up front or out wide. Um, then another striker would be ideal. Don't really think there's a massive need for a new centre half either. To be honest, I think. That, Do you not? No, I don't. I think the only way that Villa would justify it as well is if they maybe moved Engels on and then replaced him with with somebody better. I just, but I don't. I don't personally think there's a need for centre half. I think that's relatively strong, or, or you know, certainly enough numbers there. And and yeah, you're right. Definitely a new wing back because Matt Target needs to be pushed a little bit harder. Um, you know, I quite like Neil Taylor in terms of his defensive qualities, but he's never really going to yeah. give you anything going forward. Um, so I think that Villa would need that. You know, they, they they certainly need either a right back or a left back just to provide a bit more competition. Because yeah, they finished the season with Gilbert and Al Mohamedi fighting it out there, but you just feel like it could be improved still, couldn't you? Yeah, I quite like Almo as a backup. I feel for certain games, he's a decent enough player to bring in, and he's got a year left on his deal. I presume Taylor's probably got a similar amount left on his deal as well. I can't be that long left on his because it feels like he's been around a while. Now, I quite like Taylor for certain games because of, like you said, because of his d- defensive ability. But Target's another one that picks up an injury, and when he when he's not there, they miss something this going forward. It's yeah. it's difficult. There's, I imagine, as I say, there's a lot of, lot of moving pieces. If certain things happen, certain players move out, then it might lead to them to going for a player in a position that they weren't looking at before. It's going to be really interesting, obviously, at both ends of the pitch as well. There's people coming back to fitness in terms of Wesley as the striker and Heaton as the goalkeeper. So there's a, there's a lot going on at Villa and a lot that could potentially change, but you've touched on it already. One of the, the huge, massive things, and basically Villa's whole summer probably relies on this, is what does happen with Jack. And there was a piece in The Athletic earlier on in the week from uh, Stuart James. I've got to be honest, it didn't go down... <laughs> Very well with, with with Villa fans. I think maybe it was the tweet from the athlete that didn't go down well, rather than what was actually in the story. But I read the story and I I thought that was a fair reflection of where Villa are at and where Jack Grealish is at. If I'm being perfectly honest, but yeah, the, the Villa fans didn't react well to it. But I guess it, it's a sensitive thing because we're also desperate for him to stay. Yeah, I, th- I think it's the sensitivity around it. You know, Villa fans certainly don't want to lose another key player again. It's been too many for too many years. They've lost the best players. You know, you can go all the way back to you know the Mark Bosnich, Hugo Ekiog times. You know, when when play, Dwight York, when players like that moved on, and it it's continued, hasn't it? It happened in the Martin O'Neill era, when when Ashley Young and Gareth Barry and James Milner left, and then as Gabby Bonnevor said to me in an interview, just when you thought you couldn't get any more players leave, then goes Dalf and Benteke. It's it's just like it just seems to be one thing after another, one player after another for Villa. So. Um, Keeping hold of Jack Grealish this season is key. You know, if if they can keep hold of him, then I feel that they're going that they could they could genuinely build the team around him again, and and it could be a really strong team um, who can kick on. But 
the piece that the piece that Stuart wrote in for, in the Athletic this week, I thought was very accurate. Yes, Jack would like to leave if a, if an offer came in for him from a, a big club where he can go and win trophies. But yes, we're still waiting for a bid to be to come to come in from one of those clubs. Yes, we're still waiting for Villa to make it clear uh, whether they'll be offering him a new deal or whether they'll be saying absolutely no way to any transfer at the moment. Everything that Stuart wrote w- was was accurate, and I can understand the the frustration from fans purely because they don't want to see Jack Grealish leave. But to say that it was like a clickbait article, I thought was just ridiculous because everything in there was factually correct. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the expert in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped has just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, so you can be one of the first men in the country to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents, and the water-resistant technology also allows you to groom whilst in the shower. And we've got a special offer right now for all of you listening to this podcast. Get 20% off and free shipping by using the code EPL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com. All you've got to do is use the code EPL20. Happy shaving. Yeah, I think it was more aimed at the, at the tweet, I think, rather than the article. Because as I say, I, I think the article was, was pretty fair from what I read and I agreed with most things. That, that were written in there. If you haven't actually read that article yet, then you you can read that and keep up with all Greg's latest work as well on the Villa. You can take advantage of a 30-day free trial by visiting theathletic.com slash Villapod. But Greg, Villa are actually in a pretty strong position with him. And I, I think I probably, I'm guilty of not taking that into account when we were talking as the season was coming to an end and when it looked like Villa were going to go down. Obviously, if we'd have gone down, Grealish is gone. You can't hold him back and, and expect him to play championship football. It's just never going to happen. But I think he's got three years left on his contract. Villa are in a position where they can set the fee quite high. I think there's very few teams that will pay that fee. Probably only the two Manchester clubs in this country would would come out and pay that money. Manu seem to be more focused on Sancho at the moment. I think the key thing here is if, if that no move materialises, Jack's not one to kick up a fuss. He'll be leading Aston Villa out and he'll be giving his best again, won't he? Yeah, David Ornstein addressed the you know the issue of um, of Jack Grealish on the Ornstein and Chapman podcast this week, and, and he said that from his understanding there was actually more interest from Manchester City uh, than Manchester United, which is interesting. You know, you can you can listen to that in full on on, on the Ornstein and Chapman podcast. But my understanding is that actually Manchester City have shown more interest than Manchester United at this point in time. We know that Aston Villa will want to keep him. They may even want to sign him to a new contract. I think Grealish would be happy to move on for a Champions League club this summer. Uh, he's he's given great service to Aston Villa, but the amount of money that Villa's wealthy owners would, would want for him in the transfer fee may, and Laurie will tell us more, prevent that from happening. Yeah, I agree with you. David, that I'd struggle to see, and this goes back to your point, Chappers, I would struggle to see both Jaden Sancho and Jack Grealish at United. It was probably sounding a bit fantasy football to even put them in the same sentence. But there are people that think, you know, United have the resources really, if they, if they really wanted to, to, to do it. That being said, Aston Villa might well now dig the heels in that they're safe. They don't need to sell um, 70 million, 80 million for, for a player that wouldn't necessarily be a first choice starter every week is getting into the realms of Manchester City. But then again, if United do want to catch up and overtake them and then you, you, your likes of other European superpowers like Bayern Munich, then that is kind of what they need to do. 
if Jack Grealish doesn't go and he stays lining up for Villa, you know, what a sight that will be when fans return back into the ground and Jack Grealish is leading the team out. It'll be absolutely brilliant. And you just feel that Villa could really kick on next season. I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to do a Wolves and, and, and get into the top six or seven. Um, I'm going to do a Leicester, they're, mate. They're, they're, <laughs> there's still some way from that, but, um, you know, they, they it certainly feels like that they could start to establish themselves in the Premier League again and then hopefully kick on from there. You know, keeping hold of the best players is, is crucial to any team. Not every team can do it, but Villa are a very, very big club and, you know, it's about time that they start acting like one again and keeping hold of Grealish could be the key to all that. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Like, if Villa had had a, a good start to the season, a good middle and then and then dwindled and it'd been a really bad end, but they'd just about stayed up, you... There'd have kind of been a negative feeling around, wouldn't they, when your season goes in that order? But when you end up ending the season well, things feel a little bit better and a bit more positive. So Villa had already got those points amassed before going into the last few games. I think we'd all be sat here feeling quite negative that we'd ended the season badly, even if we stayed up. But because of the way we ended the season, like with the 10-game run in the Championship, you do get the feeling of momentum and that positivity a little bit more that the owners might be able to use to their advantage. I spoke about this on another another show that I do. Do you think the owners would set a deadline of saying, well, if Jack's leading Villa out in the first game and no one's come up with the money before then, we will not be doing the business at all. Do you, think, you know, remember when Villa did a similar thing with Gareth Barrow when Liverpool wanted him? They said, if you haven't done it by this day, it's not happening at all. And then Barry agreed with that and he ended up staying and having a good season for us. Do you see that kind of thing materialising where Villa set a deadline? Because you don't want to be going into a, a few days left of the transfer window and then suddenly someone comes up with the money and you're in a really bad position as a football club. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think Villa are very well run in that in that respect. You know that it won't be a thing where he'll move on right at the right at the death and leave. Um, you know, leave the club in the lurch, so to speak. And uh, look, that that they'll be negotiating and they'll be talking privately. And um, it's a bit, I suppose, it's a bit similar to the Sancho deal, isn't it? To Man United, you know, Dortmund, Dortmund almost gave them a deadline and and they didn't meet it, and it's still sort of going on. Um, whether Villa will come out pri- uh, publicly and say that the deadline is this date or whatever, you know, I don't know, but um, I think that it would make perfect business sense if they did that because to leave themselves short right at the end would be disastrous, especially losing a player of Jack Grealish's quality. I suppose he hasn't been in the building either, so now he's back. He's back training. The club are going to see him every single day. I guess it, it could get sorted out this week. It could get sorted out next week. Now there could could be discussions, like you say, that could very well be the carrot of a, a big money contract at, at Villa. I mean, I don't, I don't really get the impression it's it's about money with Jack. It's, it feels to me like he, he wants to go and win trophies and Villa, with with all due respect to the club I love, we're, we're, we're quite a way away from that, if we're all being honest. So it's a difficult one, but it'll be interesting to see what develops in the next few weeks. I did want to kind of talk about Villa's identity and what we can expect from Villa next season, but it, it's difficult to go through that without knowing who, who they're going to bring in and, and what's going to, going to change. But have you got any, any inkling of what you think might change going into the new season? Yeah, look, you know, we, we need to certainly wait, don't we? Um, wait and see which players come in because two or three really big signings um, who could who could, who significantly improve the squad could make Villa a completely different out, you know, completely different team. Um, it's really quite exciting to think if they could get that done because I feel like they they tightened up the defence at the back end of last season and, and they've got this platform now where they're very difficult to beat. If they could just get some en- enterprise and attacking intent within that team. If it could, if it could all come together, they could be such an exciting side. But yeah, you're right. It largely depends on who's coming in and um, and what those players do, and whether they settle in straight away. So 
we'll probably know more as the season, you know, in, in, in the days leading up to the season because hopefully Villa will have a lot of their business done by then. Yeah, because at the start of the season, we were all saying, well, attacking-wise, we look really fluid, we look really good going forward, but but we can't defend. And towards the end of the season, it completely changed. The defence looked really good and the, the attack didn't. So it is about finding that balance. Just to finish up, you got any exciting stories coming coming up? Obviously, you've just had the goalkeeper one come out, but you got anything else coming up this week? Uh, yeah, I met up with um, blind Aston Villa supporter John Flanner uh, last week and, and just went through his experiences oh, yeah. during, during lockdown and just really touched touched home on, on how important it is for fans to get back into Villa Park as soon as possible because John, among um, you know, plenty of other fans in, and the 30,000 other season ticket holders are all missing missing the football and the home games badly aren't they so yeah there's um yeah there's plenty coming up hopefully we'll, we'll have some we'll have some uh, transfers to talk about but uh, but yeah stay tuned yeah i'm one of them that's completely missing being at villa park as well so i know how john and all the other villa fans feel because i can't wait to get back and take in a game at villa park again remember the code if you do want to read greg's stuff it's theathletic.com slash villa pod there's some really good stuff in there so make sure you're checking that out if you're not already subscribed to the athletic thanks as ever to greg for joining me it's been good to have a chat through what's going on with the players returning to training and what we think villa might do business-wise so thanks very much mate and you're off again next week i think so have a good week off <laughs> Cheers, Dan. Nice one. Back on the golf course. Oh, as always, as always.